Before we get started this week, I want to introduce a new podcast that just came out not too long ago from our friends down in the Columbus, Ohio area. Uh, James and Casey have put together a show uh, more along the lines of a political political show, if you will. It's a great show if you're into politics, mainly uh, left-leaning politics. Uh, we uh, are not really politically affiliated here at the Supernatural Tendencies, but we bar none when we help promote others uh, in their endeavors. So, without any further ado, uh, James and Casey with the Rad Left Podcast. Check it out. What's going on, comrades? Riots. Pandemic. Evictions. Brutality. Trump. Biden. Super volcanoes. Solar flares. Goya beans. Golfing. What else can go wrong? Let's find out together on the newest, most leftist podcast around. The Rad Left with James and Casey on all your favorite podcast services. Be rad. Be left. Be Be best. If this summer weren't already exciting enough, hopefully you caught that sarcasm there. We're bringing you another one of our favorite cryptids here at Supernatural Tendencies, Lake Monsters. And a rather famous one at that. Nestled in the northeast United States lies Lake Champlain, and possibly a deadly secret that it holds. With at least a couple hundred years of documentation under its belt, could the waters of this unassuming lake in the Adirondacks hold a serpent-like creature of legendary proportions? We appreciate you joining us today as we plunge into another set of Lake Monster stories that are sure to get your flippers flapping. And be sure to stick around after the show for this week's Musician Spotlight, this week featuring DJ. I'm Christina. I'm Christy. And I'm Alex. And this is episode 44, Champy the Lake Champlain Monster. Crossing the state line of Vermont and New York, and even extending north into Quebec, Canada, visitors to Lake Champlain can experience vast amounts of fishing, hiking, and a mess of other forms of water-filled fun. It even had the very interesting title of being a former Great Lake. Of course, it only held the title of the sixth Great Lake for about 18 days before it was taken back. Seems kind of unfair, but hey, who are we to say? but something sinister may also be having some fun in the lake. It may be important to our story for us to realize that the lake has acted as a barrier not just between states, but in other ways as well in its past. Before the establishment of New York and Vermont as states, the lake divided native tribes as well. The Abenaki and the Mohawk used the lake to differentiate territorial lines, with the lake lying at the outskirts of both people's lands. The lake had been known by more than a few names by the tribes that had surrounded it, Sometimes the names translated to Middle Lake or In-Between Lake, while other times it was known as the Bodge Lake or Lake with a Bodge in it. Regardless of naming, people on either side of the lake passed down stories of a creature that they feared and respected who also called the lake home. French explorers who came to the area in the 1700s were told by the Abenic tribe about the serpent that lived in the lake. They called it Gittisgog and said it was capped with horns on its head and a ferocious disposition. 
Among these explorers was Samuel D. Champlain, for whom the lake would later be named. While commonly said to have been the first European to spot Champ, as the beast would later be called, but LakeChamplainRegion.com would state that this is false. While Samuel D. Champlain did report that he had seen serpent-like creatures in the area, upon further research, it appears that his encounter had taken place more near the St. Lawrence River than in Lake Champlain. Serpents were a common sighting among explorers the world over as they traversed new and uncharted lands, possibly hearkening back to a primal human fear, coupled with religious views of these new lands being somehow impacted by evil by not yet having Christ. Among other types of odd animals found on these voyages, serpents were usually among them in some form. Champlain would relay a combination of what the natives had told him of a certain species of fish, as well as some he had personally seen himself. Quote, Amongst others, there is one called by the native Shausaru, which is of various lengths, but the largest of them, as the tribes have told me, are from 8 to 10 feet long. I have seen some 5 feet long, which were as big as my thigh, and had a head as large as my two fists, with a snout 2 feet and a half long, and a double row of very sharp, dangerous teeth. Its body has a good deal the shape of the pike, but it is protected by scales of a silvery-gray color and so strong that a dagger could not pierce them. Many believe that Champlain was describing a gar. Europeans would be at least a little familiar with a fish in the gar family known as a garfish. Garfish are also called sea needles as well as gar pikes. The difference between the types of gar that can be seen in Europe and the ones in the interior of the American continents are sheer size. Numerous species of gar make both North and South America home, the biggest of which is the alligator gar. In fact, the alligator gar is not only the largest type of gar, but one of the biggest of any freshwater fish in the Americas. With terrifying protruding teeth, it's not hard to imagine anyone unfamiliar instantly becoming overwhelmed with fear at the sight of one of these fish. But as with many other cryptids we've explored, we must ask the question, could so many reported sightings of lake monsters all be attributed to commonly known fish? A rather rudimentary question, I'm sure. But can legend and nature become so intricately combined in one's mind to make a decidedly identifiable known creature into a monstrosity that strikes emotion and fear into whoever sees it? We don't want to make it seem like this isn't a possibility, especially since people are known to get jumpy when they have a thought in their mind before traveling to a place known for ghost stories, cryptid sightings, or what have you. But can we go as far as to say that this is the sole answer for many sightings, not even exclusively speaking about Lake Champlain? But that may be a stretch. Along those lines, we will hear familiar theories regarding Lake Sturgeon also being the culprit as we did with the Lake Erie Monster, but we won't rehash that content. The Plattsburgh Republican ran a story on July 24, 1819, of a captain aboard a scow that would have a rather concerning encounter with a creature on Bawaga Bay. He posed the description of a serpent-like monster that reached 187 feet long and with a seahorse-shaped head. He said that when he witnessed the head of the animal rise 15 feet from the water, he could make out three protruding teeth from its mouth, a red ring around its neck, eyes the color of peeled onions, as well as a white star on its forehead. It must be noted that the main source for this account reveals that the sighting is said to have taken place over 200 yards and remarks in the same manner we initially had. In that, the witness was very descriptive on minute details from such a far distance, interesting to say the least. Steamboats traversing the lake would give us reports of Champ to think about in the consecutive years of 1870 and 1871, the second of which would be described as a head with a long neck protruding from the water at Horseshoe Bay. 
A rash of sightings in 1873 would see multiple railroad workers simultaneously seeing the head of a giant serpent alongside a local sheriff. Nathan A. Mooney reported a snake he thought to be about 25 to 35 feet long. The year would be so eventful that a steamship, the W.B. Eddy, would collide with what passengers would think to be Champ and nearly capsize. The famous P.T. Barnum would even offer up a hefty reward of $20,000 as an incentive to anyone able to bring him a serpent from Lake Champlain. While he stipulated that the monster had to be over 50 feet in length for him to keep his end of the bargain, in 1873, this would have been worth about $400,000, so it was still worth a shot for most. Our next reported sighting of Champ was from passengers of the SS Ticonderoga, who attest to seeing an odd-looking creature in the waters of the lake. With not many reports in some time before or after this incident, our next sighting would be the highlight to the Lake Champlain phenomenon. In July of 1977, while on vacation in the area, Sandra Mansi would capture a very interesting photograph that would cause heated debate. The photograph would appear to show something emerging from the water surface with a long neck and small head. The angle of the photograph would make it appear as if the head of the perceived animal was facing opposite Manzi's camera, craning downward as if in a diving motion. As with any photograph attributed to the paranormal, of any kind, scrutiny and intrigue followed. The first contention was the lack of a photo negative. While the photo was examined by experts and no tampering had been detected, the fact that Mansi could not produce a negative raised some eyebrows as to its authenticity in itself. There have been a few different circulated reasons for the lack of the negative. The first was that Mrs. Mansi simply threw it away, like all of the other negatives she had ever dealt with, so she claims. She claimed to not have a use for negatives, so disposing of them didn't seem to pose an issue with her. Another story claimed that her husband had burned or buried them. With all of the attention that the couple were receiving, they felt it best to destroy the negative as some sort of protection from the droves of people interested in its authenticity. But this leads some to wonder if this wasn't some type of cover-up involving the sighting on the part of the Mansies. The next questionable occurrence regarding the sighting was that after taking the photo, Sandra couldn't relay where it was taken. She initially said that it was somewhere between the Canadian border and St. Albans, Vermont. While the area near and around St. Albans can get decently remote at times, one would think that anyone present for the trip would have remembered something that would indicate their location. At the prompting of investigators, it was recommended that the Mansies take another vacation there in 1980 in an attempt to locate the spot again. The Mansies did take the 10-day vacation to the area, but it was reported that they may not even try to have looked for the spot. Obviously, it may not look good on the Mansi's claims to have them wait till the final days of their vacation before even attempting to find the sighting location, only to be foiled by foul weather. The couple claimed that the land in the area had changed so much in the years after the incident that it had made finding the spot again difficult, something we all could probably understand to a certain degree. Other skeptics have also spoken to the depth of the lake in the general area where the photograph was said to have been taken. While the exact location hasn't been determined, most say that that area of the lake doesn't get any deeper than about 14 feet. While it wouldn't be out of the question for a larger animal to be able to physically swim in that depth of water, the question would be, how long would they be able to do so while remaining undetected? The lake does boast depths up to 400 feet in some spots, but does this factor redeem the possibility of a larger creature surviving, much less staying hidden for so long? One person on board with this shallow water theory is Joe Nickel. Noted skeptical paranormal investigator, known for his work on the Shroud of Torin 
and even a rather passionate exchange of words with Ed and Lorraine Warren on The Sally Show in 1992. He surmises that the photo is simply a piece of driftwood or a floating tree branch. Another skeptic and author, Benjamin Radford, would create an artist model of the possible orientation of this floating wood hypothesis to help in showing how our perception may be fooling us in the photo. Both Radford and Nickel would team up for an official investigation of Champ in the early 1990s. Both Nickel and Radford had the chance to view the rarely seen original photograph. The pair would come to an almost certainty, in their opinion, that the object in the photo isn't as large as some claim it to be. Through a series of experiments, they concluded that the object was around 6 feet in length, much shorter than the previous estimates that ranged from 15 to 66 feet. Furthermore, the proportions of the alleged animal are estimated to be completely off by the duo. They state that the distance from the head to the hump would not allow for the proper length of neck to connect the two. As opposed to diving into the water, the investigators would also say that the object most likely sank instead. They would learn from the Manzies that whatever the motion of the thing, it didn't appear to be concerned with the children that had been playing in the water nearby, something that had been added to the story but never directly addressed before. Radford would even capitalize on Manzies' own description of the texture and color of the object looking like bark. The team would go on to publish their findings in the book Lake Monster Mysteries, as well as to be featured in the magazines The Skeptical Inquirer and The Fortean Times. They would even recreate their experiments for the Discovery Channel effectively solidifying the photograph in a less-than-mysterious light. As an interesting aside, an audio interview conducted by Radford with Sandra Mancy may add some more questions to the controversy surrounding the picture. Throughout the years, Mancy has claimed not to have remembered the exact location where she had taken the photo. In a possible mental slip during the interview, Mancy held some hesitation when asked about the location for probably the millionth time. She then follows up with a concern that once her story and photo reached the public, the creature ran the risk of being pursued by hunters. Has Mancy knowingly concealed the location for fear of the creature being harmed? While this still may be the case regardless of what was actually captured by her camera, it still remains to be seen whether or not this has any real effect on proving the existence of Champ. Since the prospect of a lake monster actually being captured on film is appearing pretty bleak by this point, sightings would still continue to pour in during the years after the investigation. The Fauna Communications Research Institute, working in conjunction with the Discovery Channel for a segment, recorded some interesting noises in 2003 coming from the lake. Being likened to the sounds that a beluga whale or dolphins would produce, the sound anomalies were captured around the time that some interesting footprints would be found. These alligator-like tracks have brought cryptozoologists Katie Elizabeth and Dennis Hall to the possible conclusion that Champ could be some type of alligator. Let it be known that dolphins, beluga whales, and alligators are far from natural known occupants of the lake. Researcher Scott Martys maintains the tracks to have been made by a rather large snapping turtle in most sightings as being misidentified gar or sturgeon, a much more plausible, although boring, explanation. In 2005, Dick Affelder and his stepson Pete Baudet claimed to have caught video evidence of something unusual swimming in the lake. Some claimed to see a head and neck of a dinosaur-like beast in the water. At points, they even say one can make out a mouth that opens and closes across a few frames. These claims would be refuted by two FBI image analysts. One of the analysts, Gerald Richards, said that while the film appears to be untampered with, they can't make out anything on the water's surface. This leads some to speculate that the ripples that appear on the video to be merely an odd-looking wake of some kind. 
Both Affelder and Baudet are seasoned fishermen and natives of Lake Champlain, and tell a story much different than appears in the video. They attest that whatever it was under the water was serpentine in shape and was as big as their thighs. While not visible in the video, they say that the head and humps would occasionally break the surface, but identification would still be elusive. Affelder even added that seeing it sent a shiver down his spine because he had never seen anything like it before. Even if the video does appear lackluster when it comes to undeniable proof of a large monster in the lake, we must ask, would two seasoned fishermen be so easily fooled by a wake, mistaking it for a legendary creature of any kind? Stories of fish that have been caught that seem to grow with each retelling are one thing, but this seems a bit of a stretch, even among the tallest of tales. As we've seen in other cryptid cases, the area around Lake Champlain hasn't gone reclusive regarding Champ. Quite the opposite, with shops featuring the creature being frequented by tourists. Parade floats made in the image of a dragon-like serpent make their way around town during certain times of the year. A minor league baseball team, the Vermont Lake Monsters, sporting Champ as their mascot, entertains fans throughout the season in Burlington, Vermont. Legislation has even been passed in both New York and Vermont in an attempt to protect Champ from any would-be monster poachers, proving that national treasures come in many forms. Paddling through literally hundreds of sightings over the years, we find ourselves in the interesting position to entertain the notion that people have misidentified things in Lake Champlain, so often as to reason that a monster is to blame. Or can it really be the opposite? Can so many sightings be brushed off time and time again as simply floating debris or slightly larger than average animals? After we reach a three-digit number when compiling sightings, it really makes one take pause, as it should, that something odd may in fact continue to call Lake Champlain home. Walter Bathow Gustafson, or is that Jack Lemon? Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon was Gustafson. Yeah. Gustafson. Uh oh, I don't hear Gustafson. Gustafson. Okay, there it is. We should be good. What was Walter Matthau char- Walter Matthau's character? Oh crap! You asked me this before. John Gustafson. Oh God, Gustafson. who was it? Gustafson. Who was it? Your pots. No, I don't remember. Oh man, we're live again. Why? Who's who? Who's can I hear? I can hear somebody. Who am I hearing? Who, who am I hearing? Anyway, thank you for joining us today. We are a little. Oh, where am I at? Oh my gosh, I got to <laughs> bounce back and forth. I'm I got, drunk again. <laughs> I got the streamyard, the actual streamyard uh, stream up, and then I got the Facebook, and the Facebook's slightly behind, so I can read all your guys' comments from my feed because we can't do that apparently. I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> We're just debating on Walter Matthau's character's name and Grumpy Old Men. Pretty sure Jack Lemon was Gustafson, but yeah. I don't remember Walter Matthaus. I cannot remember. Hold on, give me. Get, We're gonna look it up make anyway. It, make it in the zone. One thing that I haven't mentioned to anybody in the studio today is, in fact, Saturday, August fifteenth, is the official one year anniversary. I told Christina I was gonna message you guys, but I I got busy and I forgot of our first episode release of the Supernatural Tendencies podcast. Yay! <laughs> no one else. Okay, that was great. <laughs> I feel special. Anyway, we better make sure everybody can hear us. So if you're if you are listening, if you're tuning in, let us know in the comments if you can hear us. Let yep. us know we're coming through all right, because otherwise we just look like we're lip syncing. Well, we could do this. And there's no music. Christina, I was gonna message you guys, but I... No, we should be good. Okay, okay, <laughs> should I be think good. We're good. 
<laughs> We're not going to test that much more. <laughs> good enough. Good enough for government work. Finally, we did something good today. Anyway, we want to, uh, first uh, first and foremost, um, I t- apologize for the two-week hiatus we had. Uh, we, uh, we were doing the studio upgrades. And I didn't realize that you guys were going to jump in both feet with it. And there goes a squeak toy. Um, I didn't realize you guys were going to go full feet into it. And oh, we dove. We take dove. it away from him. Where is get, he at? Where is he at? Get the moose from him. Get it. I don't see him. <laughs> or it's Clifford. He's I got his Clifford uh, We didn't. We didn't realize that we are going to jump in both feet with it. So we actually moved the studio. And then uh, there we did repainting, recarpeting, and stuff like that. We got sound curtains. We still have to put up the sound panels that we had before that you used to see yeah, in the background. So that'll get better. Uh, so, But we, uh, we did not want to take any more time off than we had to. So we did go dark for two weeks. We should have told you, but we didn't. And so we're terrible hosts. So We, we do apologize also because our behind-the-scenes man is not behind the scenes today. He's, <laughs> he's literally he's like, hey. Literally over the shoulder. Our dinner maker slash behind the scenes <laughs> runner. Oh, he's there. Daryl. Oh, Damn get, it, Daryl. Is he getting his lightsaber out again? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> just don't even. Anyway, don't so again, him. So again, we do apologize for the two-week hiatus, but hopefully it's going to be for the longevity of the show, uh, putting more money into uh, hopefully bettering uh, the backgrounds, bettering the sound. Uh, we did pretty good today, although we still have 13 and a half cats running around. So uh, that uh, we can't help that. They're going to meow. They're going to they're going It's that trample. half of one that really gives us the trouble. <laughs> I mean, when you, when you find a litter of kittens underneath your house in the cold, you don't want to leave them there. So this is what we're going to deal with until probably they die or they get out we're not they don't want to wow. get out <laughs> i'm just saying cats do finicky things not, not saying these. that we they're like not, no we're not going anywhere this is a groovy place to be we're, we're not, not saying that we anywhere. want them to get out we're just saying that if they get out that's that's a oh possible God, I would fate be panicking you would see you would see me with my pink hair running all around the streets kind of like bopping <laughs> in the wind probably like, in a nightgown poof, and a robe and poof, slippers poof. not even gonna lie all right, let's get down to it today. I th- Wait, do we have any more? Um, oh, Redline Radio, of course, because since we haven't been here uh, for two weeks here, we are officially affiliated with Redline Radio, which we were before, uh, but we're trying to do our very best to plug in whenever we can, share their stuff. If you're not familiar with Redline Radio, uh, they have an app, um, I believe... I think it's only for Android this time. They're working on getting on Apple. Um, if you don't, if you have an Apple phone and you can't get on, get a hold of the app, that you can listen to them online through the browser. So I'm not quite sure. I don't remember how Apple works. If you can actually go, just go through the browser and listen to Redline Radio. They got music. Uh, they have a bunch of different shows on their podcasts and yeah, also live sports. shows. They got sports. I think they got some uh, like wrestling stuff on there. I they think got so, yeah. They got uh, nerd stuff on there. So if you're a complete nerd like we are, they got like comic books, pop culture stuff like that, and of course yours true truly are on there every tuesday from four to five so get on there give them a like and a follow there's content for absolutely everybody i do believe they're trying to add some shows on too so if you're another content creator who does a podcast or a live show a live stream of any kind uh get a hold of them and maybe uh, you can get added into the rotation so uh again it's just kind of like normal radio uh except it's online and they have an app and it's kind of more selective of a process of getting shows on um and they have uh obviously you don't hear a lot of paranormal spooky stuff on the radio uh you get like coast to coast but that's more of a very special circumstance of the heavy hitter of a coast to coast there aren't many big syndicated stuff that you can get from your local radio station uh regarding the paranormal so you can find us on there and then you can listen to us on there and pass us around uh give them a shout out and a, like i said a like and a follow and they'd be 
probably greatly appreciative. Uh, we did shout out at the top of this show if, uh, on Tuesday. You'll hear this for the audio listeners. We did shout out a new podcast uh, from a f- some friends of ours. Actually, uh, we when when uh, Dirt Worship goes down to record in Columbus, if you're not familiar, I'm in a band called Dirt Worship. Uh, we record with a with an amazing person named James. James and his friend Casey started a, a political podcast for their uh, really far left leaning uh, political views. Uh, check them out, the Rad Left Podcast. We shouted them out, like I said in the beginning, uh, but you won't hear that till Tuesday. So anybody in the live stream now check out the rad left podcast it's it's uh it's interesting it's interesting 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 anyway on to what we got today <laughs> and we're gonna give another shout out to quinn gray who loves lake monsters quinn gray is the guitar player for dirt worship as well as the uh, proprietor of heath and craft fx he's doing some other stuff but people people just see his his hair and his beard and they get mildly disgusted with his appearance but it's fine i mean or, or they think fine. look it's another cryptid in ohio yes uh, i mean finley ohio's oh no he's not in finley where's he he's at? in he's got a date in miamisburg miamisburg, yeah, yeah. miamisburg ohio uh you give him a beer and he's he's complacent it's fine mm-hmm. if you do anything wrong you just give him mm-hmm. an ipa and he's usually pretty good so uh this show goes out to quinn gray today because he loves lake monsters and so do we so let's get down to the nitty-gritty today we're bringing you the the heavy hitter of the united states the Lake Champlain monster. I'm not sure of any other monsters, uh, lake monsters of the United States that really stand out more than Lake Champlain. Can you? Anybody? No. You got obviously lake, like lake monsters. Lake monsters. Go, lake um, monsters. Yeah. The Lake Erie yeah, monster well, we wanted to do initially because yeah, it was close say, to our yeah. local area, but I don't think many people know that there's has have been sightings of a, of a monster in Lake Erie. Yeah. Um, but. But like you have Ogopogo, but that's obviously Canada, and you have yeah. Loch Ness, which is Scotland, um, amongst a myriad of others in other countries. But I believe, to my knowledge, is probably arguably the most famous lake monster. I'm going to adjust my mic. Yeah, I think so. Um, most famous Here lake monster. States. Yeah, in the states. We're going to take you on a fantastic journey up to the New York Vermont border. You don't look excited, Christina. No, I am. Are you excited? Yeah. I don't see your bags being fantastic. packed. Fantastic. Well, I mean, oh. like bad, I mean bad. Okay. <laughs> I just want to acknowledge the point that Christina's makeup is on point today. Oh, thanks. On point. <laughs> it always is, though. I always come in like, hey, I, I like know, your eyes like, today. You have the best makeup, like legit. I was going to say you should go be like a, a makeup artist, but then you might not have time for, for the Supernatural Tendencies I don't think I have the patience for people. And then, and then <laughs> that, would make, that. that would make me sad. I'm, I'm they might not like my... Look uh, how little my eyes look. I was talking about this on my live readings the other day. When no, I was... it's because you have a large head and bigger glasses. No, no, actually, I don't. Wow. Because, see, I went to the... For you guys, we've been on on hiatus here, so you probably didn't know the news. But I recently had... Well, it's been a month now. I had cataract surgery. So, you, if you've had cataract surgery, you know that you cannot wear any makeup for ever after you have the surgery so i was all excited i went friday and i was like yes they're gonna be like yeah you can wear makeup and she was like no because you haven't been taking care of your eyes so here's some eye drops go home and but anyway uh i found the cutest pair of glasses because i had to order my glasses is this where this story's coming to because this is really good the women are gonna appreciate this this. better be a good freaking ending i found the cutest (laughs) pair of jimmy cho glasses they were black. They look like kind of like Buddy Holly. Do you remember the Buddy Holly black rimmed glasses? You know, I don't remember them, but I've seen them in pictures of old. Which I love. And I'm like, oh, come here to mama. It makes so you. Lo- then I put them on <laughs> and I'm literally like, there's, I can go like this. And I look at the, op, op, what do you call them? Optician. And I'm like, 
are these just like abnormally big glasses? Is it supposed to do that? She goes, no. I'm like, do I just have a small head? She's like, yes. So. That was the whole story? Yes. She does not have a big head. You I wanted to. not. <laughs> but, but. I got the cutest pair of pink glasses. Well, they're in order. But Why are we still talking about this? She's excited. The women are like, we want to hear more about these glasses. They came here for a lake monster. We hear about the lake. Oh, I'm gonna kill that moose. <laughs> We're just bantering on about glasses that make you look <laughs> like just, Harry Carey. They're just so cute. <laughs> now I gotta jump the table. <laughs> That'd be funny. I wish if I didn't uh, jump the I table, love that. just like. Okay. I wish I had full control, knowledge, and trademark rights to use this SNL skit with Will Ferrell <laughs> where he does Harry Carey. Have you guys ever seen it's that? It's Harry no. Carey. <laughs> Wait a minute. What does my Harry Carey impersonation sound like? David my, Childress? Uh... <laughs> it was like. <laughs> Daryl does that all the time. You're just a half a, I love half you, a cup of Childress. scotch away from you, Harry Carey. I love Childress. I also do Shatner. All right, let's get out of this. Would like to book let's me get out of parties. this. Let's get out of this. The Lake Champlain Monster, we're going to take you on a trip to the New York, Vermont. <laughs> Border. Um, the uh, interesting fact about Lake Champlain, it's a pretty large lake, yeah. Lake Champlain, right? Yeah. Uh, for a very, very short time, 18 days, actually, it held the titles being the sixth Great Lake. So why did Great they lake. why did they take it back? They're like, you know what? We're not going to do it. We changed our mind. We had a couple we had a couple brewskis last night. Do you remember the uh, the scene in the movie from Robin Hood Men in Tights? When the abbot is walking down the aisle and everyone's like, and he's like, good morrow, good morrow. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. you got the one asshole who was like, hey, abbot. Yeah. And he's like, he goes, hate that guy. Right. Hate that guy. I just imagine that's the representative in whatever committee there, wa- there was to find out the sixth great lake. He was that guy. He's just unhappy with his life. <laughs> no, the opposite. The hey, abbot. He's that guy. No one liked him. They're like, you know what? Nope. Nope. Taking it back. No, I didn't find out why, uh, but it was taken back, That's which crazy. we find kind That's of crazy. unfair. Um, it is important to our story <laughs> to, of course, go over the Native American lore and, and and past histories of anything we do, especially in the United States. Um, we uh, History tends to gloss over a lot of the Native American uh, histories from a lot of our lands in the United States and Canada as well. Uh, so we always like to make sure we hit on it, be, especially because it, it ties so closely today to what we're talking about. The uh, Lake Champlain lies right on the border of New York and Vermont, and later on we're going to talk about some, some, some of reasons why that's important. But not only only does it does it lie on the established states that that the, the United States has established of being New York and Vermont? It also was the territorial border of the Abenaki and the Mohawk tribes as well. Um, being as big as it was, it kind of gained a bunch of different monikers. Uh, Nick, most often, nicknames. yes, nicknames. Most of the times, uh, the names would be translated as the Middle Lake or the In Between Lake. And that makes then, sense. Yep, and then also. Um, I'm not seeing any comments. Do we have comments coming in? Are we losers today? No one cares. Come on. No one cares. It's fine. I play to the audio listeners anyway. You know what? Just fine. I don't fine. Even care. Be, just I'm be that way. Doing this podcast without pants I mean, on anyway. I don't. What? Nothing. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, it was also known as the Bulge Lake or the Lake with a Bulge in it. Uh, I'm assuming because it's got a bulge in it on, on a map. Um, regardless of the name, people people on the either side of the lake passed down stories of a creature that they feared and respected that called the lake home. Now, what we are going to come to today is kind of like the establishment of the uh, the earliest records of of lake, the Lake Champlain monster. Let's get it out of the way. Champ or Champy is what he's be, he's been called here. She's been called. So we may go in between calling it the lake, lake Champlain monster, which is already getting tiresome. So we may go back and forth between Champ and Champy. Uh, talk about the same thing. 
But whenever somebody talks about Champ or Champy, they always bring up the French explorers in the 1700s, namely the person who the lake is named after, who is uh, Samuel de Champlain. Um, before that, um, he had heard story, or before he got even got there, he had heard stories of a serpent that the natives called Gidiscog, who had horns on its head and a ferocious disposition. Of course, you can't turn up the opportunity, you can't turn down the opportunity not to see right. a horned <laughs> serpent that's going to eat your face, right? Uh, while it's commonly considered, while he's commonly considered to be the first European to talk about uh, Champy, uh, LakeChamplainRegion.com would say that this fact is actually false. Um, he did make a um, a description of something he had seen, but to their knowledge, it's looking more like he had seen something that's more near the St. Lawrence River than uh, the Lake Champlain than Lake Champlain proper. Now, one thing I do want to hit on when I was writing the script is the fact that serpents are a common sighting among explorers. I mean, if you think about the lake monsters, of course, we have the Kraken, and we have the, the mermaids. But mm. and, and if you've seen any type of, what do you, how do you say it, the uh, stylized cart cartography yeah. maps, mm -hmm. yeah. and you see the unknown places in the ocean, somewhere on there is going to be like a serpentine-like oh, yeah. monster. Like the typical, like when we think of Loch Ness, yes. something like a, a artist depiction of that. Yes. So most waterways in an uncharted place to Europeans is going to have some type of serpent or dragon or something. Yeah. And I can't help, th can't help but wonder if it harkens, harkens back to just that being the personification of the devil. Because now they're coming to a new Makes place sense. who have never heard of Christ, who they're trying to spread the word. Um, we're not going to get into the ins and outs of my opinions on spreading the word of Christ by the Europeans to the native peoples, because it wasn't great. Uh, but knowing that this Do land, but knowing that quote unquote Christ hasn't come to this land yet, the devils run amok and the devil himself kind of is personified by serpents. So to me, it kind of, <coughs> excuse me, isn't a far stretch. To yeah, literally yeah. say I saw a monster. Yeah. Yeah. So we see this quite quite often. And you <clears> see <throat> things like eels and you yep. know things like that, and you know in the water, garth, things like that, and they do get pretty big. I do, and we'll it's actually get to that. That's a reason not to go into the water. It's a good enough reason for yeah. me not to go into the water. And we'll actually get into that. <clears throat> so Champlain would relay a combination of what natives told him <laughs> in a direct quote amongst. Or quote amongst others, there is one call. Uh, there is one call by the natives. Wow, we're gonna butcher this one. That's not in the quote. Uh, <laughs> Chao Saru, which is of various lengths, lengths, but the largest of them, as these tribes have told me, are eight to ten feet long. I have seen some five feet long, which are as big as my thigh, and had a head as large as my two fists, with a snout two feet and a half long, and double row of very sharp, dangerous teeth. Its body has a good deal of shape of a pike, but is protected by scales of a silvery gray color and so strong that a dagger could not pierce them. Now, if you're a fisherman in North America, you may have heard of a fish called a gar, right? And you already kind of said that, so we're, we're going to segue they're, they're into that. They're a terrifying fish we're to gonna see. We're going to talk about a gar, right? If you've never heard of a gar, a gar is, is very much a serpentine like fish it's literally a fish but it's very narrow it's very long and its teeth protrude from its mouth so that when its mouth opens they kind of yeah they're like they like finger together yeah. like a zip like a zipper kind of but more but more like uh you know what they kind of picasso remind? looking than that more more uh like they, tim burtony than, oh, than just yeah. zipper, they right? remind me of like that that hideous this is one of my another one of my biggest fears this is why i'm not fond of water but, and I realize I'm not going to encounter it, but nonetheless, here we are. 
Yeah, have you ever seen the anglerfish? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. with the huge, like they're all mouth, yeah. and then they have that little light thing that. Yeah. Um, I mean, on a, obviously on a much smaller level, but that's kind of what a gar reminds me of, like yeah. their mouth, kind of. Oh. N- <laughs> I was gonna say, or like a like a musky. Like but more like a musky. If you don't know what a musky is, then yeah, an anglerfish is more of a shorter face. Yes, it does have long teeth, but these. But the main point of this is, this the whole fish of a gar kind of looks more serpentine. Yeah. While uh, anglerfish is more compact. Yeah. It is. I, mean, I believe they're sized like freaking frying pans, which terrified me after I thought. No, it, no, I they're, they're no, smaller. they're way bigger they're than huge. that. Oh, I thought they were they're like massive. frying pans. Oh no, no, they're massive. Like okay. The size of this window. Well, regardless, yeah. they're more but, uh, like yeah. they're not slender. Yeah, but I mean, like how their teeth kind of. They're more round. Yeah, and... like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, moving. On. Okay. So just the the way the teeth. They are got shaped. some big ass teeth coming out of them. Coming out of their <laughs> mouth. Now, um, the Europeans were not would not be unfamiliar with these because they have gar. They have gar, a type of gar. A couple different types of gar in Europe. Yeah. Now, from what I looked up, gars over there are also called sea needles as well as gar pikes, and I believe I have a picture here. If you could put that up for me, uh, much different looking than we have here in the United States. Uh-oh, Mainly God, different looking by size. I don't know if I could find it for you. Um, I see alligator gar. It's not the alligator. We're going to get that in a minute. Hold on. Okay, We're looking up pictures for here. the video listeners here. Or the video watchers here. Oops. That's not what I wanted to do. Um, and they're mainly it. found in the oceans. It is the second from the bottom, please. Second from the bottom. Second from the bottom. You mainly find them in oceans, and that's why they're called sea needles. Because they literally look kind of like, you know, like needles going through. They're also known as gar pikes. So if you're also familiar with pikes, we're kind of looking. I'm not technically sure. I'm not a freaking fishologist here. If they're from the same family as uh, as muskies or pikes or anything like that, or walleye. Uh, but they kind of look vaguely like that. Are you going to put my picture up? Is this a it's one? up. Oh, I'm looking <laughs> at the other stream. There it is. Uh <laughs> I was looking at the Facebook stream, which is a, a, a few seconds behind. Uh, yeah, this is the, some of the pictures of the sea needles. Uh, and these are considered a type of gar. So they would have been kind of familiar with this, but these seem you know much smaller than what we're looking at the, in the United States. If you're not from the United States, um, and this is funny. I'm going to tell a little <laughs> anecdote here because it's it's uncanny the way he does it. I have, a, I have an uncle who's, uh, well, most of my uncles are avid outdoorsmen, but the one I've had a lot of experience outdoors with myself is is my uncle Rod. My Uncle Rod is pretty funny. Whenever we go fishing, right, we'll be going for a fish. Like, sometimes we'll go up to uh, uh, the Maumee River, for example, which is just north of us in Toledo, Ohio. The Maumee is kind of most known for the walleye runs, okay, which is why our local hockey team, which I've actually... Oh, I got to put that up because I didn't turn my hat backwards, uh, which is our local hockey team. It's called the walleye. <laughs> but uh, when we were actively going up, uh, we were going for flathead catfish. Uh, flathead catfish get pretty honking large. Um we have been up there a few times, and a few times we've gone up. Uh, my Uncle Rod will say, gosh, I hope we don't get this, or I hope we get this, right? And whatever he says, we usually catch. The one time he goes, man, I hope we don't get any turtles today. Sure enough, we caught a freaking turtle. <laughs> I don't wow. think I've ever caught a turtle in my life until that night. So we went up not too many years ago, and he goes, man, I'd really like to catch a gar one time. And back then, I didn't know what gars were. I'm like, what's a gar? And he goes on. He starts explaining this, what this is to me. And uh, we're in the middle of the night, and he, he he has a fish bite. He lands the fish. And he goes, well, this feels weird. And he's one of those guys. And you can kind of – I can start to do it too just a little bit, but not near as much as him or I, what I would imagine to be other seasoned fishermen. Whenever you start to reel in a fish, you can kind of tell what kind of fish it is by how it's tugging you, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, man, this is weird. I'm like, well, why? And he's like – I think it might be a gar. I'm like, you haven't caught a gar before. He goes, I don't know. This just feels weird. Sure enough. 
he pulls an agar, right? Oh, wow. And our agar, we end up keeping because uh, he wanted to try uh, uh, a recipe that he had heard. You know, people around here really don't eat gar. So he had found one that he's like, well, that's weird. I wonder, how, I wonder if it's good. I wonder if it'll work. Uh, one of the things about gar that I was told that kind of put it into the mythos of my mind is that you can't cut gar with a knife. No, they're bony, aren't they? They're they're, really... The way their scales are set up, you can't cut them with, with, just a, with just a knife. In fact, my Uncle Rod had to use tin snips. Oh, wow. So he used, he used a hacksaw to get it started behind the neck like you would normally cut a fish. Yeah. He used a hacksaw, and then he had to use tin snips down its belly to open it up, and it had like a case wow. that you'd have to get to to the meat wow. so uh i'm not sure if we've gotten to it yet yeah we did in in uh in de champlain's uh description here he says and so strong that a dagger could not pierce them and that's literally sounds like a guard literally though. what <laughs> i was told and we we tried it he tried cutting it with a knife he couldn't cut it with a knife that's so we crazy. end up resorting to a hacksaw and then tin snips to get it open um I think I've asked him before, but I don't remember what he said, how it how it uh, how it tasted. Uh, but what the interesting part about the gar is, is a gar is kind of like an alligator. Now, we're going to allude to the fact that there literally is an alligator gar. But most gar have this attack method of they'll go and latch onto something and then they'll spin like an alligator to twist meat off. Yeah. So that's why how he knew that it wasn't a catfish. Because if you hit a catfish, especially a flathead catfish, <laughs> it's like hitting a brick wall. And you hit it, boom, and it stops, right, stops you right in your tracks. Mm. With this gar, it hit it, and it started spinning. Uh, oh, fortunately enough for us, when it started spinning, it wrapped the line around yeah. its mouth. Ugh. So when we brought it in, we didn't have to worry about it snapping us. We just clipped the line off because it already sewed its own mouth shut. Yeah. So then we kept it, and like I said, I don't know how we, if uh, how it tasted. I don't remember what he said. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you're, from, if you're from the northern United States, our gar was about I would say maybe three to four foot long. Oh, wow. And it's a lot more chunkier than these ones in this picture. These ones literally look like like they would be named sea needles. <laughs> ours, are, ours are still like cylindrical, but they're a lot more beefy. Um, the Amer- American alligator gar is the largest type. It's not only the largest type of gar, but one of the biggest freshwater fishes, fish you can, you can catch around here. I do have two shots of those if you want to put those yeah, up. Yeah, let me grab those. For here. a size comparison. Um, we were not comparing the two. You just have to see, but at least these ones have people with them. That is the face of the gar we're looking at. Jesus, that's terrifying. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. I think there's a documentary not too long ago about people who were hunting alligator gar because they thought they were attacking people. And I can't remember, or maybe they were, but they were blaming something else. I can't remember. There was an episode on, uh, was it river, river monsters. Yeah. River was monsters. That it? Okay. Yeah. With, uh, the one, the one guy Jeremy Wade. On. There you go. Jeremy Wade. Yeah. Yes. Um, I can't remember. If, was it? Was it people were blaming the gar and it wasn't, or was it the opposite? People were blaming they something were blaming else. They were blaming it on like a a shark or something. No, they were blaming it on oh, a really? serpent. Okay. Yeah, kind of like the monster that we're talking about, but <coughs> it ends up being an alligator gar. Yeah, and they get pretty big. There's there's one more picture um, that shows, uh, and you can see the guy there holding it. His hands underneath underneath its jaw there, and it, it uh, that one's pretty impressive. This one's even bigger if I remember right. Look at that sucker! Oh, oh, hell no! Now that's an that's an alligator gar. So, it, like I said, if you look at it, it looks pretty serpentine. Yes, it does have fins, uh, but it, it's to me the happy medium between a snake and a fish, right? And that thing, that thing's pretty formidable. And we have the the local fish expert Daryl in the back there, not making any kind of <laughs> I know, right? faces or anything to us. I tried to show pictures of the ones that I caught. Oh, did you catch? Oh, yeah, did you catch gar? A, it just no, it just oh. gives a link. Yeah. Uh, Daryl's caught gar before. Um, he doesn't talk loud enough for us to hear him that much. So, can you? Are you on the Facebook page trying to post them? Yeah. 
Huh. For the audio listeners, uh, Daryl in the back there, our technical specialist, analyst, uh, helper, helper guy, uh, has actually caught Gar himself. He was trying to post some pictures to our uh, to our chat here, uh, but it would just post links. So um, send it to me. Send it to me in Messenger, and it, I'll we'll put it in the it. group. Yeah, so for everybody in the group, yeah, we'll post some of Daryl's pictures of Gar. I might be able to Gar, post it now. Send it to me in Messenger of Gar that he's personally caught. So automatically, uh, Deshaun Plain was told stories of the Ch- Chao Saru, which we could start to think maybe sounds a lot like North American gar of whatever species, right? Mm-hmm. About as big as his thigh, um, five five feet long. That's about two feet longer than the one I've personally caught, which is, you know, and obviously we're looking at this picture here. Um, this guy's got to be this guy's got to be at least five feet in the picture. Would you say? Oh yeah, yeah. At least five, four or five feet. So that that looks pretty scary in itself, especially if you've never seen something like that before. Especially more so if you're used to normal, quote unquote, normal gar, the sea needles. Yeah, being you see this not being this at all. These look almost it, to me. They look almost prehistoric. Yeah, they do. They have that like kind of like a sturgeon, even I, like I can see a little bit of a resemblance to like a sturgeon. Okay, you know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they just have that like prehistoric or what's what's the other one? What's the celia camp? The celia camp. Yeah. yeah. Well, that yeah. one looks that one, yeah, but that one's got like the plate even more teeth, so, yeah, plate teeth yeah. to it. But um, don't hold me to it, but I think they are actually part of the Pike family. Which ones? I thought they were Gar? Gar's, Gar, yeah. Gar, Gar thinks. Uh, Gar thinks. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl thinks that uh, he well, he thinks that the Gar actually are part of the Pike family. So more people are more familiar with with Pike and Musky than they yeah. are Gar. So uh, just think of that when you're doing it. Just uh, looks a little a little more snake like than than a Pike or a Musky does. Which brings us to the question, um, as we flow through all of these sightings, could so many reported sightings of lake monsters all be attributed to commonly known fish? Now, of course, I was probably in my teens when I first heard of a gar, so if I had seen something that looked like a gar, looked crazy, uh, maybe I would mistake it for some type of lake or river monster, too. So, I'm just we have to put that out there, because you never know. Uh, what else we have here? Our first, uh, after after those sightings, our first more modern sighting would come from the Plattsburgh Republican who would run a story on July 24th of 1819. A captain aboard a scow, which, by the way, is a boat. I had to look it I up. I did not know that. <laughs> a scow is a boat. Why do we have so many names for boats? Why can't we just have, I, I guess you, there's probably specific reasons it's for that. Boat. I'm just going to... Sp- not speak out of ignorance this time. <laughs> uh, they would inc- uh, <laughs> that a captain aboard a scow would have a rather concerning encounter uh, with a creature on Bulwaga Bay. I like the name of that. Bulwaga. Bulwaga Bay. Bulwaga Bay. Uh, he posted a description of a serpent-like monster that reached 187 feet long with a seahorse-shaped head. Obviously a little different than what we're seeing in the gar. A little bit. I'm not sure that you would mistake a gar for having a seahorse-shaped head. Pause here for just a minute. Okay. Uh, I got those pictures here. Which ones? Uh, and of course, they are of Daryl. Oh, Daryl, we got them. We, we can put them up now. We're working on it. Uh, we'll also post these in the group. There he is in all of his fishing glory. Oh, and look at that orange shirt. <laughs> Rather confused look. That is Daryl's gar. <laughs> Wondering what the box is. The gentleman's holding, look taking at, the picture look of him. Look at the look of bewilderment on the gar. <laughs> I can't believe this guy caught me. <laughs> Hold on, I think we got another picture. You got another b- picture in there. What would you say, Daryl? About a foot and a half? Foot and a half, right? About two, two and a half feet. Two, two and a half feet, okay. Same day Whoa, that you caught these? One right after another. Okay, he's explaining to us that he caught two one uh two guard, one right after another. Uh we're gonna peg him maybe two, two and a half feet. Um would you would you describe him as for pretty formidable looking even at that size when you caught him? Mm-hmm. I would yeah. He oh, wouldn't no, put his no, hand no, in his mouth, no, he no, says. No, I wouldn't no, put my hand no, in his mouth. No, no, no. 
<laughs> oh man. So a little extra treat that I didn't know that we had. I didn't realize you had caught those. Much less had pictures of them. I'm sorry. The fight you. of his life. Thank you. So going back to the Bulwaga Bay incident, uh, again, 187 feet long. That's a that's a that's a lot of length. Yeah. That's a lot of length. No, thank you, sir. Not gonna say that that's outwardly a lie, <laughs> but <laughs> 187 feet long. But we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, he said that he witnessed the head of an animal rise 15 feet from the water. He could easily make out three protruding teeth, a ring around, a red ring around its neck, eyes the color of peeled onions. That's a quote. As well as a white star on its forehead. Now, it's miraculous enough that the thing is 187 feet long with so many defining characteristics. But even more so when you take into consideration that the captain of the scow is over 200 yards away. Daryl, do you think someone could identify that many features at 200 yards? No. Like, you don't nope. think so? Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. I, uh, you know what? I'm not even feeling bad about it because this is this is commonly brought up with a story of how how descriptive the captain was at 200 yards. Man, he had he should be doing other things with his life other than being mm-hmm. a captain because he's an eagle eye. Woo! So that's what we'll leave that one. Steamboats were active in traversing Lake Champlain, and we will get consecutive years of that of 1870 and 1871 that we'll get some more sightings of Champ, second of which would be described as a head with a long neck protruding out of the water at Horseshoe Bay. There'd also be a rash of sightings in 1873 where multiple railroad workers, which you had a problem saying in the epilogue or in the monologue there, simultaneously seeing the head of a giant serpent along with a local sheriff. So this one, we had multiple people seeing it. Okay, now, of course, in my mind, and, and prove me wrong here, but whenever you have a single person seeing something, it's credibility. I don't want to say it's bad credibility, but the credibility goes up with the more people that see it. Would you agree? Yes, oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure I wasn't out of line with saying that. Nathan A. Mooney would then report a snake that he thought to be about 25 to 35 feet long. Now, not getting out of the question or realm of, of possibility, right? That's a big old, that's a big old snake. That's a big old snake. <laughs> that's a big old snake. Uh, this year would be so eventful that a steamship, the WB Eddy, would collide with what passengers would think to be a champ, would think to be champ, and nearly capsize. So how do you feel about that? I wouldn't go in the water. I would just, I, I'm not, I'm not, as soon as you said 187 feet, I'm like, I'm not going in. <laughs> See, I'm feeling automatically skeptical about a lot of these. I'm well, not yeah, skeptical yeah. about the whole thing. I'm just skeptical about some of these. You know, and especially when they use terms I'm driving like, you further away. It had eyes like peeled onion, the color of peeled onions. You just can't say white? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Okay, real quick. I'm not saying comments And I here. say that like it's funny. Yeah, but I mean like. It almost sounds like you're telling a story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like as a, like if I was telling you, I saw a big ass snake in the water with white eyes and a red ring around its neck. I wouldn't be like with <laughs> eyes as pe- the color of peeled onions. Doll's eyes. Doll's eyes. Doll's they eyes. roll over. What? No, okay, no, we're not gonna. Do that. <laughs> Quick aside, Tino Choa, I love and miss you. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> She's the only one to give me a comment so far. That's- <laughs> Trista, Trista. I don't see those. I don't see those. Oh, oh. oh. They, it, it, she might be watching from in the group because I went live on both in both. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not seeing those. So yeah, I, I feel like I'm driving you further away, but I'm actually I'm uh, well, I feel like I'm I'm getting lulling you in a sense of false sense of security by saying that I don't necessarily believe a hundred eighty-seven foot long creature, but then you're getting more and more scared. So the uh, the fanfare that like the Lake Champlain Monster Champ would be getting would even catch the attention of. P.T. Barnum of Barnum and Bailey Circus. 
fame. He would even offer up a $20,000 reward as an incentive to anyone who would bring him a serpent from Lake Champlain while having the stipulation that it had to be over 50 feet long for oh, him to keep just, his end of the They were bringing fish from all over the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> it had to be over 50 feet long. I don't think anyone took it, but in 1873, this would be worth about $400,000 today. So That's it's a chunk of change. Definitely worth a shot. Next report sighting is from the, or was from the passengers of the SS Ticonderoga, who would attest to seeing an odd-looking creature in the waters of the lake. Not many reports before this one and after this one would happen. I don't have a year on that one. But then this would take us into the glory days. Oh, oh, glory days. Glory days. Of Lake Champlain Monster. They Why do you give you me eyebrows? Glory days. Why does the person who doesn't talk much give me the eyebrows for singing <laughs> glory days? Jeez, burst in she with a song once in a while. She don't even recognize. Uh, she don't even recognize. Oh, every, I was doing research from 1977 because I knew what this story, what what this part of the story was for this monster, mm. and I just had that song going. Oh, oh glory days, glory days. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I had another alligator guard pick that I didn't show. Throw it up. <laughs> throw, I don't throw it care. up. Throw it up. Oh my boom stand. Why don't you people tell me you can't see my face? Oh, I know why. It's because I'm. I know Because I'm why. a bit ugly. Okay. Do you have it up there? Yeah. Where's that? Oh, there's another one. I, Take... I can make it bigger so that you can actually see the It fish. takes two able-bodied gentlemen to hold this one up. One wearing gloves. What a pansy. <laughs> Don't be a mini. <laughs> Yet again, another alligator gar. So, like we said, if the Lake Champlain monster or any other monster in North America doesn't turn out to be some type of horned dragon, this is still a pretty scary prospect. <laughs> See, I'm just trying to judge because I know I'm about five two, mm-hmm. right? And just based on the that fish is probably longer than I am tall. I'm not going in the water. Yeah, I mean, hey, Christy, go see what that. Nope. <laughs> what's the average height of an American male? Is it five nine, five ten? Yeah, I'd say about five ten, five eleven, something like that. Is about, the average height like 10. that? Yeah. So if these gentlemen are the average height of five ten or five eleven, it still looks like if they stood this fish up, it's taller than both of them. That's what I'm saying. So it definitely is is close to top and six feet in length. It takes two of them to hold it up. So I like the facial expression of the guy in the red shirt. He's like, damn right. He's like, take the picture, take the picture, take the picture, take the picture. And drop it. And they drop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into the, the meat and the potatoes of this story. The one who the one part of the story who, if you are not familiar with Lake Champlain Monster itself or know a whole lot about it, you may still have seen this picture because I remember this. Another thing from my childhood, because I like to interject my childhood. I don't care who knows <laughs> it. Uh, you, if you know me and you know any part of this show, you know that I got really got started in the paranormal with all these different compilation books that I used to read as a kid. Uh, Monsters of Minnesota or something. It would have these all these pictures, right? Again, I don't remember which one this was from, but I remember seeing it and going, why are we not talking about this more? Why are we not talking about the Lake Champlain monster? Because this picture scared the ever-living shit out of me, Along right? Along with Koopa, Chupacabra. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't as bad as Chupacabra because I know that uh, this thing's in the water and I can avoid yeah. it just by staying where I am in northwest Ohio with very little water around me until we go about, what, an hour northeast of here. And I don't care. I'm not going up there. But this was even farther away. But the picture itself proved to be far and beyond much better to me than any Loch Ness video or a picture I've seen even at the even at a younger age I think I might have said this before the surgeon's photo from Loch Ness to me still looked weird it looked odd I could kind of tell that 
it kind of looked fake. I mean, the waves behind it. Well, there wasn't like, a lot of description. Yeah. You can see the shape, the dark shape. But then the the ripples you know, of the like yeah. the wake, whatever was happening in that picture, it just looks weird, and it's just it just amazing to me that it fooled so many people for as long as it did, yeah. however long it did. But this picture right here definitely like made my eyes go <laughs> when I Mom. when I when I first seen it. Right? <laughs> Don't put it up just yet. Let's get into it a little bit. In July of 1977, while on vacation to the area. Sandra Mansi would capture a very interesting photograph that would cause heated debate. The photograph would appear to show something emerging from the water surface with a long neck and a small head. The angle of the photograph would make it appear as if the head of the perceived animal was facing opposite or away from Mansi's camera, craning downward in a diving motion. Okay, you can go ahead and put it up now. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, it's a, I, think I took it for granted that you might know that you might know what that is. Um, as with any photograph attributed to the paranormal, I don't care what we're talking about. Yep, that's it right there. Um, the the first oh scrutiny as with any photograph of the paranormal, I don't care what we're talking about. Take ghosts, our overlay off here. conspiracies, aliens, Christina's washed underwear because that can't happen often. Uh, we have she's like they just slap you. We have scrutiny and intrigue. The first contention, and we have the photo up now for our for our streamers people were viewing the stream um <laughs> i feel like i need to like specify i don't i don't know we are we streamers they're viewers right i don't know i'll get streamers, with the time streakers it's all the same i, I didn't matter. say streakers did i <laughs> no. no okay so uh before you're like did i did i say that did i I'm like two seconds from giving up next thing you know and terrence uh, calling yes I gotta go. I gotta go. I can't I'm even go, do this. Guys. I gotta go, guys. I to go home. <laughs> so before we get into the the contentions, what have you guys seen this picture before? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give me any insight as to your thoughts on it? Oh, I think it's definitely a lot more. You can see a lot more detail. Okay. I mean, yeah. The, I mean, it you, could be because I've got it blown up like this. Um, but you can see a, a lot more detail as opposed to like the the famous Loch Ness monster yep, the surgeon's photo yeah where you know you can yeah you can see the dark shadow but you can't like make out any yeah. other distinguishing features and i think with this that's something like that that's do you remember the first time you had seen it i think it was on a documentary on the travel channel okay. yeah um i can't remember the name of the show but they did a lot of cryptids yeah um and if it's the one that i'm thinking of they actually went in farther in depth like if you look at the blue uh-huh there's where they said like the head or whatever that thing is they mm-hmm. actually thought that that was a fin and then oh I there's see, a yeah. darker shadow under the water like mm. underneath that's still kind of hidden yeah, like that right nobody really yeah interesting so they thought yeah right where you're moving yeah, your right mouse there, they thought that that was actually like the head in a sideways motion kind of i guess faking out yeah, because that's what I'm looking at it now, and I'm thinking, okay, because it kind of appears like the the neck and head area are, yeah, like it's kind of like in the middle. Yeah, of, there's know, something else. Like if you look at the very base of like what would be the neck, as what they called it. Yep, right there. It kind of looks like it goes off down to the side. Like, yep. Yeah, either this way, and then what would this be? Could this could this possibly? They think it's like the side. Like the side protruding up and then getting ready to go under. I see. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, right in here. Left, yeah. That, that it's kind let's, of questionable what's going on there. Let's take a let's take a timeout real quick for our audio listeners. We're looking at the uh, the Mansi photograph from the Lake Champlain monster, and essentially what we're looking at, if I could stop bumping my mic with the bill of my hat, what we're essentially looking at is a picture of the the water on the lake, and we have what appears to be um, a hump coming out of the water. Um, I'm not going to give a distance just because you there's no there's no really identifying. Uh, ways to say that so we have like a hump coming out and you said the, the bottom of the hump come up into the hill and then the hump starts to go back down and when it comes back down you have what appears to be a pretty solid looking and i'm just gonna say this for now because we're kind of talking about other stuff looks like a neck protruding out of the water yeah mm-hmm. kind of twisting back away from the camera kind of forming a head that almost looks like it's leaning away in a diving motion. Now, what we're kind of talking about is something that you had seen, and because I didn't see this, I never heard this, but how that neck head could be some type of fin uh, where it's actually kind of rolling over, like you would yeah. in a bed or something, like mm-hmm. you're rolling over in a bed. Yeah. And it's doing that in the water because there's some blotches that Daryl pointed out in the left, and then you also said some shadows that kind of extend past it to the left of the photograph to make it seem like we're looking at the midsection yeah. slash last third of it almost. Which would make sense. Well, we'll get. You haven't gone over that yet. If so that's the we'll case, it almost <laughs> looks like a a person's arm then, that's, yeah, as opposed to a fin, yeah, right. So maybe like a humanoid, like Lake Baikal creature, kind of, yeah. Interesting, yeah, yeah. I've never heard that before. So what she's saying is, is, is she had seen the documentary that kind of makes it look like a swimmer, like taking a stroke, on its side. But obviously, it's a very dark color. It's got a reflection on the top, but you can see the rest of it's a dark color. Almost like reaching their hand up and taking like a stroke or yeah, something like that. Yeah, like a like breaststroke. You yeah. Would, yeah. You know. <coughs> Excuse me. I forget what the uh, documentary was on it, but they were, they did a lot of cryptid based hmm. stories. Hmm. Excuse me. Silence. I was taking a drink. Very interesting. So let's get to the contentions because there's quite a few of them with this photograph. Um, being such a, a high quality photograph, I would call it high quality as in, um, it's pretty clear compared to a lot of other ones. Yeah, okay? yeah. Even though, we could, even though we're discussing it now, um, there has been a lot of discussion since it was taken in 1977. Uh, the first contention is the fact that there's no photo negative. Uh, investigators who come down and had asked the Mansies if they had a negative that they could that they could examine to kind of you know, kind of see if there's had been any tampering. Uh, they said they didn't have it. And they asked, well, what happened to the negative? And there's been a couple of different stories. The first and foremost that's verified to have been an excuse or the reason is because the Mansies never had a reason to have, have negatives. They just threw it away like they did every other negative. Now, as a kid, I remember us throwing away negatives. Oh, yeah, but that's just pictures of, you know, oh, here's us at the zoo. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, if you if you did that and you didn't realize the repercussions of what you were looking at, yeah, you've seen that. But, like, in, in my mind, and I didn't, maybe it's because of the age, but didn't realize what a negative was for. So I just threw the negative away. Yeah. So, of course, if you are more well-versed in realizing how important a negative would be to an investigation, I guess that's the question that you have to ask. For you, would you have kept the negative without thinking i would have because i would think um that's a bad question though because you because we already we're already in this frame of mind i know but even someone with any kind of obviously you know that this is going to be something that you know has never been proven yeah you know so it's going to be something in question and if you legit if you took this photograph Mm -hmm. and you know yeah okay so i took the photograph i legit believe 
that this is some type of cryptid, some type of sea monster or lake yeah. monster. Yeah, I would save the negative because, of course, if especially if you have intentions like, oh, I'm going to take this to the newspaper or what, you know, what, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, to me, common sense would kind of, you know, well, you would have to use common sense to say, oh, well, they're going to ask you if you have the negative. Well, for me, I wouldn't even have thought that. I had a very limited experience yeah, with, with using negatives. Yeah, but you were also a child. I know, you know but even too. today, even today, like, I could see the line of logic of pure ignorance. I, I'm saying ignorance because usually the word ignorance has kind of like a negative connotation. Yeah. But using the, the, the just the overall ignorance of how important a negative is in saying that I have the picture. This is what you want to see. Yeah. The, 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 the negative just makes the picture. You know what I mean? Yeah, you get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, true, yeah. true. Like, the negative... Like you didn't know how yeah, film developing works. Exactly. And, you know, well, do you really need the negative? Can't you tell by the picture you, that I We didn't? have the picture. Why do you, you need know? the negative that made the picture? We I, have okay, the picture. Yeah, you're right. I can kind of So that, that. that's what I was trying to say. So yeah. if... I don't mean I don't mean to sound like I'm trying to, like, go with the, the dumbest way. Because yeah. that's what... I could easily see me doing that. Yeah. Like, this is just... This is just the sketch here like that's like having the sketch but then having the finished product why do you want the sketch when i have the painting right here yeah true. you know what i mean i, I can kind of go along with so that that's then, that yeah. that's the only way i could try to like half justify this to, to, to anybody how like it would make sense to me you know yeah. what i mean yeah uh the, the there were other claims though that um the husband had burned or buried them uh with all the attention the couple was receiving um and, and the droves of people that were coming up for investigations, they were kind of worried about um, about Champ. They're kind of worried about the people coming. What would happen to him? So they wanted to give the information while not like giving all the information. Of course, in my mind, like what 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 difference would it have made then? In this in this context, we'll yeah. get to more why that doesn't make sense to me later. Why that would affect it so much to have it burned or buried, but regardless. So the second occurrence, the qu second questionable occurrence is that Sandra couldn't relay where it was taken, where she had taken the photograph. She knows it was somewhere between the Canadian uh, border and St. Albans, Vermont, but she couldn't take, she couldn't tell you exactly where it was. Now, let me tell you this, right? Um, we went to South Carolina a few years ago. Okay. I didn't know what South Carolina was all about. South Carolina, especially coastal South Carolina is, is made up of what they call islands. Okay, if you look on a map, the outside section, like the complete one third, I'd say, of the state is all islands. But oh. really, it's not because it's all these little tributary fingers that come in from okay. the ocean that split up land masses, but not by it's almost like by creeks. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think we have anywhere around here that really does it besides literally if you go down to the Blanchard River, um, how, how the river will oh, like the Maumee, how the Maumee kind of splits. And then makes like a oh, tiny yeah. island with trees mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. Right. But it's not, it's a, it's an island technically, but it's not like an island. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that all over down there. So we stayed in uh, Wadmala Island. Okay. Now, if, if we were to go down there, um, I would need help with the GPS to tell you where exactly we were. I could probably point it out on a map, but to drive you there, I don't know if I could drive you yeah, there. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you had no reason to specifically, you know, okay, well, at this time or whatever, we were here. You know what I mean? Like there was a big red lighthouse or something. If you had a sighting of something like this, you, I would think that you would damn sure remember, you yeah. know, like everything, what time it was, who was with you, yeah, what kind of identifying land masses or whatever is vis visible from the, you think the you shore. Would. 
And that's what I was getting at yeah. is is down there. And, and again, maybe this is playing into the fact that I'm just not from around there. So um, I'm not at all familiar with that type of of like bayou marsh layout. Uh, but up there, it just seems like a straightforward lake. So in a way, if you've seen something crazy like this, to which you took a picture of it, and it doesn't seem to be that crazy of an area to, to re-navigate, why would it be so hard to remember? Now, the Mancys were urged to take another vacation in 1980. So three, <coughs> three years later, they end up taking a 10-day vacation to the area. Now, investigators give the Mancys all kinds of shit. Oops. Get too, a little too rambunctious with my Calm hand Calm down. Motions. I'm going to need you to bring it down a notch. Numerous investigators investigators have given Ma- the Mancys a lot of shit over taking this 10-day vacation, over which they did not really try to find the area until the last two days. And when they made their attempts, foul weather made them stop. Oh. So if you really wanted to find it. Come on now, Mancys. You'd have started it on day one. Oh, for sure. You wouldn't have started it on day four or five, six or seven, and then get... Wiped out well, by, no, by foul chill. weather. They wanted to chill out on the beach, have a couple. The couple would then claim the couple. The couple would then claim that the land, the area around it, had changed so much by by development, by stuff like that. Which I think we can all can agree yeah. that happens. Yeah. But with so many different varying factors, it just sounds kind of weird that it they still shady. couldn't find it. Right. It sounds shady. I'm just gonna say it. A third contention would be the overall depth of the lake in general. Okay. Now. I should say, in the general area. Now, they don't know specifically where it was because they couldn't remember. They couldn't point it out. But over the general area, the average depth is about 14 feet. Now, Lake Champlain does boast depths up to 400 feet. But in this area, is only 14. Which, I mean, to me, like a large animal could like swim in it. It's not like it's like with like its belly underwater, <laughs> but its head's not. It's kind of flipping its flippers because it's like half it's beached. It's suffocating. Because it's like half beached or something in the middle of the water. It could probably swim. But how long could it remain undetected in 14 feet of water if it were that big? True that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Oh, yeah, Daryl exactly. said. Daryl said, especially as uh, as clear as some of those New York lakes are. Well, I've never. You could probably see it through the whole depth of fourteen yeah. or fifteen foot. I've never been up there before. I wouldn't be able to tell. Daryl contends that he's pretty sure you could probably see through fifteen feet of water up there because it's so clear. So it would make make the beast creature, whatever it may be, easier to see. Um. One person on board with this shallow water theory is Joe Nickel, who's a pretty big name. You've heard of him, but you yeah. can peg him, but you, you've yeah. heard of him when I brought him up. Noted skeptical paranormal investigator known for his work on the Shroud of Turin and a rather passionate exchange of words with Ed and Lorraine Warren on The Sally Show in 1992. Have you watched that? I, I haven't watched that one um, in particular, but I I know his name from somewhere. I, th- I know that we've... Uh, come across his name in one of our past podcasts, I believe so. but I cannot think I of can't, which one it was. I can't peg it either. Uh, he contends, or he surmises, that the photo was simply a piece of driftwood or floating tree branch. Another skeptic would team up with him. Author Benjamin Benjamin Radford would create an artist model, which I have a picture of. Can you please share that? Yeah. Both Nickel and Radford had a chance to view the rarely seen original photograph, which the Mancys kind of keep pretty well under lock and key. Uh, whoops, which one you is put this it up one? That, that's it right there. Oh, okay, I didn't... Yep. Um, for our non um, for non streaming listeners, we're gonna put up a model the model made by Radford, um, which kind of shows what he thinks. Uh, not sure why it's not loading there. What we're seeing in the picture hmm. is it not coming up? No, it's. 
Keep working Hold with on. it. Let me, uh, if let me not, switch I, it back to this. I Maybe do have the link for it. not loading. I do have the link for it. So, um, Both Radford uh, and Nickel would team up for an official investigation in the early 1990s. Uh, both of them would uh, see the original of uh, the original photograph. Um, we do have the picture up of the model now, kind of showing uh, what they think we're seeing in the picture. So, after seeing this model, do either of you, since Daryl's in the background and Christina, do you think that shadow could be accounted for with the extension of the of the model? No. You don't think that's what it is? No. No. no? My opinion, I don't think it is. Um. Yeah, for for your audio listeners, you're getting a bunch more content that you're... Well, you're not getting as much content as the streamers. Audio listeners, join us every Sunday, possibly Saturday. We don't know. Join the group. We'll tell you. <laughs> just hang out. Just so like So you the get page. these pictures. Um, if not, we always put links. Uh, I try to put links to the pictures pictures for the uh, the accreditation forum. Um, so um, check, check them out. Um, the pair would come to almost certainty in their opinion that the... Uh, what was previously thought to be 15 to 66 feet. So people had contended that the photograph, the Mansi photograph was that of a creature of 15 to 66 feet was more like about six feet in length. So we're just like crushing this thing. Oh, now. Yeah. They're like, no, nope, it's not 66 feet. It's like six feet, man. So that's <laughs> when they come to this. If it's a monster, it's a smaller monster than 66 feet. Uh, Furthermore, they actually did the math, the, the math on the picture. Of course, they're going with the math in the picture from being six feet because there aren't many other things in the photograph to be able to compare it to. But they say the distance from the head to the hump, if you see the picture, you know what I mean, wouldn't allow for the proper length of neck to connect the two, <clears throat> which brings up the model. Also, they think that instead of diving, the thing sank. Also driftwood. <laughs> <laughs> now they they're kind of led to this uh what well, one of the leading factors with this was mancy would tell this in the story but no one would really like follow up on it until the two they go hey this is a weird little thing you said here you said that there were children play- playing in the water nearby you'd think that might spook something like this but apparently it didn't and- you, you're saying that it kind of dive down but it was it was like a meandering dive not like a startled dive so apparently it was cool with the kids mm-hmm. which they say it's probably because it nothing di- nothing dove it was the thing sinking the wood sinking um they would even capitalize on Mancy's own description of the texture and the color of the object looking like bark hmm. so it's kind of putting more and more nails in the coffin yeah mm-hmm. Um, the team would go on to publish her findings in a book called Lake Monster Mysteries, as well as being featured in the magazine Skeptical, Skeptical Inquirer and the 14 Times. They would recreate their experiments on the Discovery Channel, effectively solidifying the photograph in less than a mysterious light. Furthermore, and still further interesting with the Mancies, because they just are not ceasing to provide <laughs> no, they're not giving it ample up. things. Would be an audio interview that was conducted by Radford with Sandra Mancy herself. Throughout the years, Mancy had claimed not to have remembered the exact location, but in this audio interview, she had a pause. She started to say, uh, well, she had a hesitation from a question that she'd probably been asked a million times. She, she paused, and then she followed up the pause with the concern that once her story and photo had reached the public, the creature then ran the risk in her mind of being pursued by hunters. Which, which, you know, yeah, I could kind of understand that. Now, that is, a, that is a viable concern of somebody. Yeah. But had, had at that point, Mancy knowingly concealed the location for fear of the creature being harmed? That's the question. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, does that lend credence to her? Or does that take away? I think it definitely takes away. Is that, that you know. 
Yeah. It's, I mean, if you could come up with like some crystal clear photographic evidence or video evidence to the, to the, you know, to support your claim. Mm-hmm. But then you said, okay, I'm not going to tell you, but you people where it is because you're going to go in there with harpoons or whatever and you're going to kill it. <laughs> this reminds you me know. of, uh, what was that? The Lake Placid movie? Like, oh, with where Betty, Betty White. White's oh, like, yeah, I'm not telling yeah, you where he is. Exactly. That's yeah, my that's baby. I'm going to go in and kill it. So I'm just not going to tell you where it is. But again, you would have to have that clear cut without a doubt, pretty much photo, either photographic or video evidence to support the fact that you're claiming this is some kind of cryptid or monster mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, well, she honestly believes it appears. And this is just the way the way it appears to me is that she sees the picture as being completely true. So if she's telling the truth with the negative or anything like that, we'll go with the extreme of they burned or buried it for further to hide. Is someone to itching? It, Who's to, itching? Just to keep this thing safe. Petey. Just to keep it safe. Yeah. Right. So that's where we <coughs> that's where we teeter on the edge in reality. Yeah, it worked in Lake Placid, but that, of course, was movie. A movie. Yes. So. Yeah. Uh, and we don't have Betty White. And we right? do not. <laughs> if we, damn it. Where is Betty White? She knows about about Champy. She knows. <laughs> uh, continuing on, the Fauna Communication Research Institute Working in conjunction, let me say that again because I feel like I messed that whole thing up. The Fauna Communications Research Institute, working in conjunction with the Discovery Channel for a segment, recorded some interesting noises in 2003. Now, these people are known, or they, they know, sounds underwater. Sure. That's yeah. what they do. Mm-hmm. They said the sound sounded like a beluga whale or dolphins, which... Interesting. Which I believe that the St. Lawrence River empties in or the opposite might be the opposite the the lake champlain may empty through the saint lawrence um i could be wrong on that i'm not going to check it because that's how i roll <laughs> i'm not going to when check we're it. on live um but if there's any type of rot- waterway especially through the saint lawrence because i believe the saint lawrence is known for being like the inlet from the atlantic i think that's how the, a lot of the explorers came in was through the saint lawrence river is it out of the is it out of the well do dolphins come up this far in the cold we're talking like Canada, northern Canada. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't think so, but I, I'm not a I'm not sure expert, either. so I don't. I know. should have looked this up, but I didn't. And that's what you people get. You're welcome. <laughs> uh but but beluga whales do, I think. So it would be a kind of a far stretch because they were even like, it sounds like a beluga whale. What, what were or they like? Dolph- it sounds. Like- <laughs> Sounds like a beluga whale. It sounds like a beluga whale. It sounds like uh, Stuart from Mad TV. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a beluga whale. I saw a meme with him the other day. And Look I, was I like, can Oh do. my god, it's Stuart. The TikToks, the TikTokers. I think so. Yeah. There's like absolutely nobody TikTokers. Look at yes. I can do. Look what I can do. Uh, <laughs> Bless you, Stuart. Not only did they find, not only did they record the noises that sounded interesting, they also found some footprints. Uh, cryptozoologists Katie Elizabeth and Dennis Hall so would say they'd look alligator-like, leading them to the possible conclusion that Champ could be some type of alligator. And let's make it clear that dolphins, beluga whales, or alligators are not known animals to our knowledge to Lake Champlain. So any one of those would be just as crazy of a find as whatever type of monster you think Champy might be. Mm-hmm. Although researcher Scarp Mardis wants to be the party pooper and maintains that the tracks were made by a rather large snapping turtle, and most sightings are being misidentified as gar or sturgeon. Of course, we've Ooh, talked about gar. Turtles. We've talked about gar. Snapping turtles are crazy. You see that video of that guy getting bit, bit in the lip by the one? Two Ooh, things I'm yeah. scared to death of. Snapping turtles and... Robert the doll. Oh, I was going to say... Never mind. <laughs> 
so we're not Darryl's gonna cooking. Oh, he stopped rocking. I better shut chair. up because he made dinner today. We're uh, we're not gonna go over sturgeon again today, although we probably should. Oh, Kyle Boswick, thank you, Kyle. Oh my gosh, I'm not seeing any comments till your beautiful face <laughs> popped up. Lake Champlain empties into the St. Lawrence, but the inner canal lock system would prevent an animal from passing. You know, I would totally agree with you, except we see time and time again how like we use that excuse for for locks preventing things get through, and then suddenly we find this thing somewhere else. That's doc. That's been documented. So I'm not saying that that's not wrong. That's going to keep like 98 percent out but it would still be a crazy thing to have happen to somehow things get through so thank you though i appreciate i appreciate your i don't know if you knew that off the top of your head but yes and and trista is (laughs) trista agrees with me like i was saying earlier about you know if i saw something like you know holy crap look at that i'm gonna get a picture of it i'm gonna remember what time it was what type of landmarks are around what color underwear i was wearing that day <laughs> i mean everything so yeah see trista agrees with me i guess <clears throat> so again uh <clears throat> excuse me scott researcher scott mardis thinks that the uh, tracks are a large, rather large snapping turtle and the sightings of champion are being misidentified a uh, misidentified gar or sturgeon uh like i said we talked about sturgeon at the beginning of the show uh we're not gonna or a gar at the beginning of the show we're not gonna talk about sturgeon again because we did cover that um it's the same exact situation that we had in lake erie monster mm-hmm. go back and listen to that if you would go listen to it you should have already heard it <laughs> most sturgeon are protected across the united states uh, again we're not gonna we're not gonna rehash it because it's almost the exact same idea here um a much more plausible yet boring explanation. <laughs> kind of sucks. <laughs> but then we go to 2005, where we actually have a news report and story and a video, and it's like gold to us, and we just get so excited about it. <laughs> just so excited. Why do you sound like that? What's wrong know. with you? Hold on a minute. No. <laughs> Ow! Uh, we, have, God, she hit me. we have put it in the sources. If you guys get time to go to the website. What's the website one more time? Supernatural Tendencies Podcast.com. Thank you for throwing that out there. Uh, we will be putting up links to all of our sources. This is one of our sources, so if you get time, hop on over there. You can actually watch the news, uh, the news clip segment yourself. Uh, 2005. Dick Affelter. Affelter. Even though I watched the news clip, I still didn't hear what, how you pronounce his last name. It's A F F O L T E R. In case I butcher it some more. And his stepson Pete Bodette claimed to have caught video evidence of something unusual swimming in the lake. They claim to have seen, oh, I'm sorry. They have video of it, and some people see in the video a head and neck of a dinosaur-like beast. Gotta be honest with you, I watched it, I didn't see that. Um, at points, they even see, say that you can make out a mouth that opens and closes for a few frames. Again, I didn't see that. Uh, these claims would be refuted by two FBI image analysts, and I don't like agreeing with the FBI on anything, but I'm going to have to <laughs> this one. Don't get one, me started. One of the analysts, Gerald Richards, who is in the news program, says that while the film appears to, be, appears to be untampered with, they can't make out anything on the water's surface. And I got to agree again. I couldn't make out anything. There was like a shadow below, but nothing broke the surface. Um, But he just thinks that it looks like an odd wake from something. He can't see exactly what it is. But both Affolder and Baudette, who are seasoned fishermen and natives of the lake, tell a different story that what happened before and after the video was taken. They devoutly believe that they had seen a creature serpentine in shape and was as big as their thighs. Um, Affolder even said that upon seeing it, it sent a shiver down his spine. Now, I would assume <laughs> that Affolder, being a seasoned fisherman, would know about Gar. And of course, Gar being that big would scare you, but you would sure. probably still come to the conclusion that, that it was a gar. 
like Daryl said earlier, you don't want to put your hand in its mouth, but you still know what it is. Yeah. It's not going to make you like jump, jump out of the boat and like, like Scooby-Doo and then shoot out of there, you know, but you're, you're going to be concerned. Um, so to that point, I call the video kind of lackluster. I don't mean to diminish it, especially with it being a cryptid case. I just don't see it. I don't <laughs> see what they're seeing. I wanted to see it. Like I wrote on my on my computer monitor with markers, trying to like see where <laughs> see where where it was. And I did it at work, and my boss wasn't happy about it, so I'd like clean it off. But I couldn't see anything. Don't tell don't tell them I'm watching videos of cryptids at work. No, they did not with speak of peeled onion eyes or red peeled rings. Peeled onion eyes. And they were right up on it. Um, yeah, take a look at it. If you get the chance, again, hop on over. Even if you do a YouTube search Lake Champlain uh, Monster, you should be able to find it decently easy. I did. Uh, check it out. And that is the last big sighting we have. Of course, the area around Lake Champlain hasn't gone reclusive regarding Champ. Oh, no, because we're going to capitalize on it. And <laughs> I don't think anybody can, can will contest that I love merchandise. So I am we not. Do. I am not going to bother bother with this in any negative way. Shops featuring the creature can be frequent, frequented by tourists. Parade floats made the image of the dragon-like serpent make their way around town during certain times of the year. And even... One of my favorite things to happen. A minor league baseball team has taken Champ as their mascot. The Vermont Lake Monsters from Burlington, Vermont use a rather awesome logo. They got a few of them that I dig. Look at that. For your audio listeners, you're missing bad. out. I love it. Let's so cute. Look at it. Look at, would you look at it? <laughs> We're going to eat your face and hit home runs. <laughs> Is there another one on there? I like I like the green and blue color scheme anyway because I like yeah, the Canucks that, no, colors the too. Yeah, that's the one I have here, yeah. I thought I had a second one. They, this is the cuter one. They have one that's more uh, a slightly more serious, but I like these ones. If you could come up with it, I've, I've went on tangents on this before. If you can come up with something for your team name that's local, that is, is, is something, it doesn't necessarily have to be ferocious, but something that's unique. Unique to you. Now, the one caveat I put in, and I was talking to Tara about it yesterday. In Biloxi, Mississippi, there's a minor league baseball team called the Biloxi Shuckers. And if you ever have the chance of being down by Biloxi Beach, Mississippi, and you happen upon a Biloxi Shuckers shirt in the local Walmarts, you will notice that the Shuckers emblem looks like a vagina on its side. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I shit you not. If you get the chance, Google Biloxi Shuckers, and I challenge you to tell me that that does not look like a vagina. And don't, someone don't in, in the PR campaign and some type of idea listing of, of coming up with this didn't go, hey, Jim, question. <laughs> question. Hold up. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Can go we to go to lunch? lunch? Go to lunch. Never mind. Yep. Daryl, look it up. If you get a chance, look it up. Tell me that doesn't look like one. <laughs> it's dumb. It's so <laughs> it looks dumb. looks like it. But you know what? If I lived in Bluxy Beach, Mississippi, believe me, that I would be in the first row, first baseline with a beer, watching the Vagina Shuckers. He would. He would. He I'd so still be would. down there. <laughs> Moving on from the Vagina Shuckers and the, and the Vermont Lake Monsters. Legislation has been passed in both New York and Vermont in an attempt to protect champs. So either way... The would-be monster hunters better beware. Poachers better beware. Because never fear, Mancy's. Never fear. Because even if you don't believe it, if you happen one day, like, my God, they were right. You take the cigar out of your mouth. <laughs> you can't shoot it. <laughs> you better think about it. Because 
You're doing some jail time. You go to jail. Doing some jail time. Anyway, we're gonna wrap this up with with this simple idea that I thought about by the end of this episode. Uh, all in all, we didn't cover all of them, but all in all, we're in the three digit range of sightings, That's of, a lot. of 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 uh, encounters, of whatever have you relationships with. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> with the, with the, with Champy, right? With. As many people who are avid outdoorsmen, with uh, uh, as many people who are just as logical as as many ad- that are as logical as there are are in, uh, absolutely insane people, whatever you want to call call the the dichotomy of people who see things, can we reach the three digit range without at least taking pause, as in uh, as to think that some of these aren't real of some kind, some type of odd thing being seen? I mean. If we had a couple, yeah, we had a couple. But we have three digits of people seeing things that are weird, that are odd. Can all of them be naturally explained to the point of all of these people are just misidentifying things? I mean, it does feel feel weird to me. What do you think? I feel like maybe half of them might be something different. Okay. But the other half could be explained. But I also feel like if you're from that area, you know what an alligator gar is or yeah. any type of fish that looks like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I like I wanted to revert back to like even older. I mean, so these are all like, well, I was I don't want to say modern sightings because we have sightings in what the 1700s. Yeah. But, you know, even with as far as like Native American tribes talk about seeing this thing mm-hmm. and you would think, uh, of course, they knew what kind of fish or whatever creatures were in the in the river yeah. so they see something out of the uh, out of the norm i don't know i don't know yeah i mean obviously we've kind of shot shot to pieces the main the main story of this which was the mancy photograph um i'm not thoroughly convinced in the whole mancy photo thing as in it's real or it's not real uh, I, one way or the other like okay. yeah i mean so you're still up i don't air. know so really it doesn't weigh my view one way or the other mm-hmm um, but like you said, you have all of these three digit, you know, you have three digit numbers of sightings mm-hmm. of this thing. And then, and then you look at the Native American aspect. I don't know. I, possible. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to go right down the middle road on this one. I am because I, I can't, I, I, I don't know. I can't, I haven't seen enough photographic evidence to convince me 100 percent or video evidence and that's really what i'm gonna need to see to say yes i i think that it is you know without a doubt some type of unknown creature yeah yeah and I, ha- all, I haven't seen that yet all in all i'm grateful for a great uh baseball mascot i love i love a good story though i love a good i love a good paranormal story i mean story i'm grateful for the so, story so if it is not the baseball mascot. awesome if it isn't <laughs> You know, oh. so come clean, Mancy's. We want to come clean. <laughs> Do we have anything else to add at the end of the day? Anything at all? Yeah, I don't no. think so. Nothing. No. All right. So. so that probably wraps it up for today. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, again, we apologize for a hiatus, but we should be good here on out. Uh, we have uh, a few more scripts lined up with some interesting stuff uh, for you. I've already have completed. So yeah, uh, what the, do we got coming next week? Next week we'll be we'll have the Yuba Five. Yuba Five, and our, uh, for the listeners that might not have ever heard of that. Mm. Are you like a quick description that you want? Yeah. Oh, you have a five. Um, uh, it's kind of we have to admit uh, how not prepared we are for some topics. Um, in that, uh, for one, we 
really don't want to cover, at least right now, the Dyatlov Pass incident. For one, in the podcast world, it's kind of co been covered and recovered by people who could do a much better job than we can. So we kind of wanted to steer away. But we use that as the descriptor for uh, the Yuba 5 as being the American Dyatlov Pass. Good, good. So good. that's what I'll leave it Woo! at. So, super interesting. Yep, a lot, a lot of people who may be interested in the paranormal who know other podcasts or know uh, of, of things by just names, uh, the Yuba 5 incident is kind of the American Dialogue Pass. So Awesome, awesome. Yep. And then after that, we got, uh, we're, you know what? We're not going to do it. We're going to keep it a secret. Keep it. You just got to tune in. You gotta, if, if you're not here, then you're not even going to, we're not even going to tell you about it. Yep. So next week, <laughs> uh, real quick too, next week, I'm going to tell these guys on the spot here. I'm going to tell the audience while they're listening. We may have to switch it to Saturday. Um, we have, we have kind of gotten into the habit of doing the podcast on Sunday, yeah. um, but I also have the band to work with. So whatever days that the band kind of gets together, I kind of have to to sort and uh quinn is actually in town today we wanted to jam but obviously the day did not pan out for that he told me kind of late crushing his head um for not being able to switch it around quick enough so the next week uh maybe on saturday i don't know um we'll have to kind of check it out so anybody in the live anybody in the group who sees this any of our audio listeners again hop on board with us we have a supernatural tendencies podcast group as well as our podcast page that we cast our live lives from we would love to have your questions and your input uh thank you kyle today thank you trista today if there were anybody else that i missed i'm sorry i can't see some of the comments i can't see comments on mine if there are any um i can't see any in in the stream yard, it's they can. So uh, blame them. If, <laughs> if if I didn't bring up your comment, bring blame them, and type in all caps just to make wow. them angry. Type in all caps. Uh, so yeah, stick around. Uh, st stick around uh, for our audio listeners. Stick around for the uh, for the musician of the week. We have a, a DJ with us this week with some hip hop, some uh, pop music for you. Uh, that sounds pretty good. Uh, stick around for it and enjoy. You got anything else? I think no, that's it. No. Fantastic. It. Fantastic. As per usual, give us a like, give us a review. We've had a couple more reviews, but man, uh, we don't ask for money. But if you if you want to buy a t-shirt, buy a t-shirt from we got T Public on there that we talk about at the end of the show, Supernatural Tendencies Podcast, tpublic.com or a shirt if you want. We would prefer that you wait for the sales. Uh there are sales going uh that go on periodically. They've kind of held off on the sales because of the COVID. Um they've kind of had their to get their printers caught up. And every time they do a sale, obviously people jump on them and it kind of weighs down their printers. So they wanted to negate the sale for at least a couple months to give the printers time to catch up with the pandemic. So, uh, uh, if you don't, if you don't want to buy a shirt, it's completely fine. We don't mind. However, but we do and would love any reviews or likes or shares you'd like to give to us. Um, whatever platform you listen to us on, obviously people tend to go to the Apple podcast, leave a review. Those ones carry a lot of weight for a podcaster. That is as good as gold for any type of show of any kind of, of, Absolutely. of gumption. And uh, I think we got like 10, like well, it wasn't even 10, I think it's like five or six reviews. So if you get a chance, do us the favor, give it, go on over to Apple or wherever, give us a little review, write us a little bit. I don't even care if you don't give us five stars. Just put a review in there. Tell us what you think. We're all about getting better and improving. Um, and we only do that by your, by listener input. So uh, let us know uh, that way. Hop on board with us with our, uh, uh, through, well, throughout the week, if you get bored, we have, uh, like we mentioned before, the, uh, podcast group uh facebook uh group uh this is just supernatural tendencies right yeah on uh, facebook yeah search supernatural tendencies on facebook the podcast page has podcasts on the end that is not a group the one without 
podcast at the end is the actual group. Uh, we'll be posting. We, we do some blog posts in there whenever I get the chance to do some extracurricular writing. I write blog posts that can be accessed to the website, but we first release them to the podcast group for everyone to read. Uh, we got some spooky stories in there that we do up. Uh, we also have some discussion points. Um, let your freak flag fly in that group. Don't be afraid. That's why we made it. We want to talk about crazy stuff. (laughs) Even though I I like cute mascots that I don't entirely believe. With crazy stories. It's fine because it's fun. And I like it. (laughs) It's fun. Anyway, (laughs) I'll say goodbye from Supernatural Tendencies Podcast. This has been Alex. This is Christy. Christina. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. See you next time. Bye, guys. We'd like to thank you one last time for joining us this week. If you have any questions, comments, critiques, or stories you'd like to share, please email us at stpcmedia at gmail.com. If hearing us isn't enough, be sure to check out our website at www.supernaturaltendenciespodcast.com. Also join us on the socials Supernatural Tendencies Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram, as well as Twitter at Weird and Scary. While we do keep our content as free as we possibly can, if you would like to support the show monetarily, Check out our Tea Public account by searching Supernatural Tendencies on Tea Public. We have shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and phone cases, among many other things. Don't want to spend money? We'll gladly take reviews. No money needs to be spent if you hop on your podcast platform and give us a rating and review. Either way, we would be eternally grateful. If you get bored before next week's episode, be sure to join our Facebook group where many other like-minded people share stories and laughs until the show airs again. This has been Christy, Alex, and Christina. See you next time. Bye. And we find ourselves back again in the new studio. Well, in the studio with a new studio, right? In the after show. Why are you just looking at me like that? I don't even know. I'm just like, where? What is it going to shut up? Is you, it going to just keep going? You expect in a studio in a new studio in the new studio. You expect me to start it, and I got to come up with new ways to start this segment every week. And you don't give me any ideas, tips. You know what, Daryl? From now on, Daryl's going to start this segment. Okay, I have a tip. What's I have your a, tip? Or, or, this is what you can do. Next, give me a- next show. I want to see you come in with a show with a show toony like attitude. A show toony attitude. Yeah. Why? Why not? I think is a better question. Okay, well we'll put that on. We'll put that on the list. All right, I'm writing it down <laughs> right now. Oh my god! Anyway, <laughs> so helping us usher in this new studio of ours. Thank you so much. We've got DJ today. Um, DJ was recommended to us uh, from a family family member. Got a hold of us, and we've been uh, corresponding. And G- D- we want to first want to thank DJ uh, for being patient because uh, we had lined him up. Before we went on our hiatus to oh, get the yeah. studio done, it took a little bit longer than yes. So than we uh, anticipated. Yep, the next few people we have a couple other people that were uh, actually asking when they're going to be featured, and we have we've had to set that back a little bit. So uh, we do apologize to everybody, and for this week we apologize to DJ for having him wait for so long. Uh, DJ uh, sent us over a couple of tunes. Uh, he sent us over his Spotify, which is a couple of tunes, and then he sent us one called uh, "Summer Pain" for today. DJ does, um, which is like hip hop, almost like a radio hip hop. Yeah, kind of, okay. yeah. Uh, whenever I get into uh, my wife's car or uh, the st- brother-in-law's car, they got that radio hip-hop on. Um, yeah. Is that what it's called? Like, pop? It's like pop now well, because that's yeah. kind of what pop is. But um, it's got like a smooth beat to it. And um, I'm, I dig it because it's not like in your face. 
Like you could just hang out with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like a club beat or anything. So if you want something just to hang out with, um, I think this is like the perfect track for you. Do you agree? I think so too. Grab a couple of brewskis. Didn't you say that before? Did I say brewskis she, she before? Did. Did you I? did. Yeah. And <laughs> wow. which makes me feel like you don't actually have an opinion on this. You're just using previous descriptors from other songs. Well, no. Is I'm just saying if I were to, I wouldn't drink beer. But you What know, do you think DJ would think? Grab a good think? glass of wine and I could probably chill to this. Really? Yeah. Red or white? Red. I don't like Incorrect. white. Incorrect. I don't like white. That's the wrong answer for this style but of pop music. red has tannins and tannins are not good for you. Well, I thought they were good for you if you had a glass of red wine a day. Well, it... Wine is good for you. A little bit of wine like that a day. They tell you, especially like if you have uh, heart problems and stuff Why are like you that. laughing? Yeah, no, really. Talk you're about supposed DJ's to, music yeah, to like red a, wine taste. Yeah. <laughs> what do you no, think about you can, this song? No. Are you planning on listening <laughs> No, to, I don't. You're cut out. Uh, Miss Christina, what do you think about this song? This song I can like drive and cruise to. Oh, yeah. No? That's, that's like true. my yeah, playlist true, yeah. for when I cruise in the country. And... Not with wine. Let's be no, clear not with that. Wine. No wine. No wine. No brewskis. We're not going to do that. We you do get not... you like a little Capri Sun or something <laughs> like that. Or maybe like a Yoo-Hoo. And then Fruit you by the foot that. gushers. I don't know. What do the kids drink these days? Oh I don't God. even know. I drink Yoo-Hoo. Right when we get back, we'll watch <laughs> Rocco's Rolls. Modern Life. And we'll hang out, wait till Rug- Rugrats comes on. And mm. we'll be good with Lunchable. We'll be good. We'll be good. And a Capri Sun. What more <laughs> could you possibly? And some, and some DJ music here. What more could you oh possibly want? Anyway, uh, we will, we will be putting up links as uh, we usually do. Um, I I'll have to hunt up his Facebook. I'm not sure if he has an artist page on the Facebook. He only kind of sent me, uh, from what I'm seeing here, uh, Spotify links and Apple Music links. So we will be posting those. So if you dig this stuff, please get on over there. Give him some streams. We prefer you to buy them. Um, I think it, uh, there's this big whole thing with Spotify going on right now with kind of shafting the artists. So if you uh, naturally put on a playlist, that's fantastic. Yeah, they kind of want streams. But I imagine if they have any uh, downloadable stuff that you can buy directly from them, please do that instead uh, with uh, with any artist. Uh, any, any way you can cut out middlemen uh, is fantastic. So that's what we're going to say. But regardless, give them some attention, if you will. Uh, check out these links. Anybody else have any last-minute things to say? Did you just really say the Facebook? The Facebooks? Yep. Yeah. The Facebooks. Like the Walmarts? Did you catch it, yeah. too? Yep. Did, I'm like, did he yeah. just say the Facebook? Like the Walmarts? Yeah. I knew you were going to say that. The I interwebs? knew you were going to say that. My mom used to do, we're going to go up to the Walmart. Yep. No, we're not, because it's really actually down. It's really actually, no. Down to the Walmart. Down to the Walmart. We're going to go to the Facebook now. Anyway, (laughs) without getting into another tangent, one last time, DJ with Summer Pain.
wish we was good as gold in my heart could not be more broken songs i've been up and quoting with feelings i never noticed perfume in my room so potent but i just can't sit here waiting five years are up and wasted doc told me keep my patience got pissed so she lost her patience these smiles i can't always fake it throughout the medication these bottles keep me sedated they ask me if i'm okay and i answer with hesitation they don't understand what i'm going through things i never had to explain to you all the lonely nights sleeping until noon still catch myself reaching out for you at the end of the day i'm glad that you walked away and became more than just a name my head and my heart are strained now i can truly say i'm happy and life is great even when times are gray can tell myself it's okay learn how to love myself without all the fame and wealth 